First Chronicles 24. These were the divisions of the sons of Aaron. The sons of Aaron. Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died before their father and had no children. Therefore, Eliezer and Ithamar executed the priest's office. David, with Zadok of the sons of Eliezer and Ahimelech of the sons of Ithamar, divided them according to their ordering in the service. There were more chief men found of the sons of Eliezer than of the sons of Ithamar, and they were divided like this. Of the sons of Eliezer there were sixteen, heads of fathers' houses, and of the sons of Ithamar, according to their fathers' houses, eight. Thus they were divided impartially by drawing lots. For there were princes of the sanctuary, and princes of God, both of the sons of Eliezer, and of the sons of Ithamar. Shemaiah the son of Nethanel the scribe, who was of the Levites, wrote them in the presence of the king, the princes, Zadok the priest, Ahimelech the son of Abiathar, and the heads of the father's households of the priests and of the Levites, one's father's house being taken for Eliezer and one taken for Ithamar. Now the first lot came out to Jehoiarib, the second to Judea, the third to Harim, the fourth to Seorim, the fifth to Malkajar, the sixth to Mijamin, the seventh to Hakoz, the eighth to Abijah, the ninth to Jeshua, the tenth to Shechaniah, the eleventh to Eliashib, the twelfth to Jakim, the thirteenth to Hupar, the fourteenth to Jeshabiab, the fifteenth to Bilgar, the sixteenth to Imer, the seventeenth to Hazia, the eighteenth to Hapizes, the nineteenth to Pethathiah, the twentieth to Jehezekel, the twenty-first to Jachin, the twenty-second to Gamal, the twenty-third to Deleah, and the twenty-fourth to Maaziah. This was their ordering in their service to come into Yahweh's house according to their ordinance given to them by Aaron their father, as Yahweh the God of Israel had commanded him. Of the rest of the sons of Levi, of the sons of Amram, Shubael, of the sons of Shubael, Jedaiah, of Rehabiah, of the sons of Rehabiah, Ishiah the chief, of the Israelites, Shelemoth, of the sons of Shelemoth, Jehath, the sons of Hebron, Jeriah, Amariah the second, Jehaziel the third, Jechamiam the fourth, the sons of Uziel, Micah, of the sons of Micah, Shemiah, the brother of Micah, Ishiah, of the sons of Ishiah, Zechariah, the sons of Merari, Mali and Mushi, the sons of Jaaziah, Bino, the sons of Merari, of Jaaziah, Bino, Shoham, Zakur, and Ibri, of Mali, Eliezer, who had no sons, of Kish, the son of Kish, Jeremiel, the sons of Mushi, Mali, Eda, and Jeremoth. These were the sons of the Levites after their fathers' houses. These likewise cast lots, even as their brothers, the sons of Aaron, in the presence of David the king, Zadok, Ahimelech, and the heads of their fathers' households of the priests and of the Levites, the fathers' households of the chief, even as those of his younger brother. Okay, it's a bit hard to tell what's going on <laughs> when you just read it like that. And I found it when I was studying it, you just read it and you, th and you know, as a younger person, and even many times throughout my life, you read it and it's just a case of, oh, I read my chapter for the day, or I've, you know, I've read my few chapters for the day, you don't think too more deeply about it. And a chapter like this, you just read it, you've got to think deeply about it. It's the only way to get much out of it. <laughs> so David is still preparing for the temple. 
And in the last chapter, we explained that they did a census of the Levites. There were 38,000 of them. They split them up into groups. 24,000 of them were given to the group of the priests. And here, they're divided into 24 groups. So 24,000 Levites divided into 24 groups. There's obviously going to be 1,000 in each group, give or take, roughly speaking. And it went through to list the groups in order. It says that they were chosen by lot. So what they would do is they, well, basically to explain how this worked, is that these were descendants from the sons of Aaron. So Aaron had four sons, but two died. So there were only two sons left, Eliezer and Ithamar. Of these two sons, Eliezer had a bucket load of kids and Ithamar didn't have many. So the, the group of Eliezer was bigger. So basically they, get the, they, they got these two jars. They put all the names of the heads of the family groups into these two jars. So into Ithamar's jar and into Eliezer's jar. They put the names of the heads of the groups and they would basically cast lots. Now, I, I don't know exactly how this happened, but it'll, it would be something like flipping a coin. So they would like flip a coin, let's say for example, if the coin came up for the Eliezer jar, you put your hand in the Eliezer jar and pull out a name. And the name that came out first was, well, I've turned off my phone now, but I don't remember. Then they do the same thing, cast lots, the name that came out second, which, from you know whichever jar, they put their hand in, pull it out, and in this manner they go through until all 24 names have been called out. So there comes a point, obviously, when the eight names that are in the Ithamar jar are gone, and you've only got names left in the Eliezer jar, because there were 16 names in the Eliezer jar and eight in the Ithamar jar. So once the Ithamar jar is gone, it's just that you don't have to flip the coin anymore or whatever they did. It's just a matter of pulling out names one by one until they're gone. And in this way, you end up with what they call the 24 courses of the priests. So we know a bit more information about this because of other parts of the Bible and also the Jewish Midrash and Josephus the historian. So we learned some extra things about how this worked in practice. And how it worked was there, there were these 24 courses of priests, which are listed here, but each of them was put on for one week. Now, it wasn't a week of seven days. It was a week of eight days. So they would start on the Sabbath in the temple. Now, at the point that this is, this is explaining, the temple didn't exist yet. So this was all put into place before the temple existed. But when the temple came to exist, then it was already in place. And it continued all the way through to the time of Jesus. And even after the time of Jesus... Uh, when, for example, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, it talks about the father of John the Baptist, his name was Zechariah, and it said that he was of the order of Ahijah. And if you look down this list that we just went through, he, that's the eighth name drawn out of the, you know, one of the names drawn by lots. It's eight, name number eight. So, you know, the John the Baptist is a priest. You might not have realized that, but he's a prophet in the New Testament, He's actually a priest, and he's related to Jesus somehow. So Jesus is of the tribe of Judah, but his relative is a Levite. So somehow they, you know, there was intermarriage there between the tribes, but Jesus has a relative who's a priest, and, um, but he's from the eighth course of priests. And so what they would do is they would serve for eight days, not for seven, and it was an eight-day week. And basically they would go on duty on the Sabbath, and then they would serve, and then they would go off duty on the following Sabbath. So there'd be a period on that Sabbath day where there was two groups there at the same time, and they would, I guess there was like a handing over process. But Sabbaths were also extra busy uh, in terms of spiritual things that happened. So 
there's these 24 courses of priests, they're, they're labeled by these names, and this continued, you know, there were obviously times when there was no temple. They were in exile, the Babylonians attacked, but when they came back, it all continued again, right up to the time of Jesus. When the temple was destroyed in AD 70, obviously this didn't continue, but what the Jewish people did was they kept records of the priestly families, and a lot of priests were dead, but there were some survivors. They kept records of them for hundreds of years you know, this is the week of so-and-so, this is the week of so-and-so, they kept it going. In today's world, we still have a record of these groups, it's here in scripture, but we have no idea which week was which. Like, there's no way to say, this week is the week of, of, of so-and-so. Now, you could start and say, all right, let's start with group one, and th that type of thing exists. But there's no way of knowing if it's, if it's a continuation from all that time back then. So, they basically, they cast lots, to choose the order that these groups went in. And it's not as crass as it sounds. You know, it's not like a sporting game where you flip a coin and see which team starts. That's, that's definitely a way of deciding and no one can argue with the, the flip of the coin. But in the minds of these people and in the mind of David, the Lord was the one deciding. So when the coin would be flipped or whatever method they had for casting lots, the Lord was the one that was deciding. I and mean, he has a decision over it. I remember um, playing a game once with one of my sons, and I think it was Yahtzee or something, and I really wanted my son to win the game. Because, you know, as a father, sometimes you want to go easy, but this was a game of luck, and because uh, <laughs> it was involved dice. And, and I, I kept on winning. It was like Yahtzee, for example, and I'd roll a Yahtzee, I'd just roll a Yahtzee. I don't know if you know the game Yahtzee. You might, if you don't know that, you might need to look it up. But a game of Yahtzee is where you've got basically three turns of rolling five dice, and you've got to try to get them up to where all the dice are the same. So you might roll, and there's two ones, two twos, and a three. You might keep the two ones and roll the other three. And you might get another one, so now you've got three ones, and you roll the other two. You're trying to get five of the same. Well, I was trying to not win, but I kept rolling Yahtzees. And it was like... And I sensed that the Lord was saying, don't try to lose the game. Like, let the boy learn that he loses sometimes. Don't let him think he's going to win all the time when he plays you. And uh, after a while, I got the lesson because I kept on rolling Yahtzee. So it's like the Lord was not only saying it, he was like controlling the dice. So I know the Lord can be involved at that level. Well, see, that's the level at this casting of lots that we see here in Scripture, where they really believe that when you roll the dice or when you cast the lot or you flip the coin, whatever they did, that the Lord was deciding the outcome. So they took these 24 courses with seriousness. So if you were a priest, like, for example, John the Baptist's father, or any of these priests here, you would be rostered on for eight days, and then you would not be on for 23 more weeks. So in a typical year... In a normal year, you'd be on two weeks in the year, but every now and then, you'd be on three weeks in the year because of just the nature of how it rolled over. So it's, it wasn't burdensome for them. They were able to conduct a normal life. They were able to you know, grow crops and raise a family and do all those things. They weren't at the temple constantly all the time. And the point of having, say, 38,000 Levites was there was plenty of Levites to share the workload. And so um, you just took your turn. I think the spiritual lesson for this is that, is that we all should take our turn in serving the Lord. In the New Testament, according to many places, like Peter, for example, it says, you are a holy priesthood. Every New Testament person is a believer and is not only a believer, but is a priest. 
So we often think, oh, you know, the pastor, he's the priest. Or, you know, in the Catholic Church especially, you know, there's a priest. Certain people, they have the job of serving the Lord, but no, that's not true. Everyone has the job of serving the Lord. And you may find that, you know, some people, they're called to serve the Lord full-time. That's their job. But even if you're not, you're still a priest in the, in the sense of these people are, that you have to take care of your family and do the things you have to do. But some of your time is given to the Lord, and, and that's the case for all believers. So you need to look for your opportunities to contribute, to serve, certainly to pray and to believe and to give money, you know, those things that every believer does, but giving of your time as well to contribute and to make an effort. And this chapter shows us that everyone chips in, that we're all priests. We all have a part to play. Between us all, God's work is done. So Father, I want to thank you for this chapter, for the dividing up of priests. I want to thank you for the heart of David to get prepared for that temple. And I want to thank you, Lord, the lesson for us is that we too are to serve. Between us all, the work is done. Father, I ask that you'd raise up people, raise up workers in the kingdom of God, in the harvest field. Let the harvest come in. Let your kingdom be advanced. Bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.